Welcome to the Manufacturing Employer Podcast, where we talk workplace culture and all things related to the strategies that drive exceptional environments for employees. You'll hear conversations with those in the manufacturing space tasked with making their workplace better. Employee engagement, benefits, onboarding, hiring, we'll be discussing the working experience from top to bottom. Let's get into the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Manufacturing Employer. I'm your host, John Franco, co-founder of Gorilla76. We are the industrial marketing agency that helps manufacturers grow through revenue-focused marketing programs. On today's show, I'm really excited to welcome Paul Kishi. Paul is the president of Aviate Creative, a branding and creative agency with an edge in manufacturing. Paul is also the founder of Manufacturing Marketing Mastermind, volunteers for USA Manufacturing Hour, that's hashtag U-S-A-M-F-G-H-O-U-R, is an adjunct professor, a speaker, and contributing author for a variety of manufacturing publications and podcasts. Paul was recently a guest on my business partner's podcast, The Manufacturing Executive, which is kind of in short how he ended up here today. I'll get into that here in a second. But for now, Paul, welcome to The Manufacturing Employer. Hey, John. Thanks for having me. This is awesome. Yeah, it's very excited to have you on. As I mentioned, Joe Sullivan, my business partner, recently had you on Manufacturing Executive, his podcast. And quickly after recording the show, he reached out to me and was like, hey, man, you really need to have Paul on your show. And I was like, I know I've, I've kind of been following him on LinkedIn and I know he's been doing some really cool stuff. And then we connected and, and here you are. But there may be some people listening that are like, well, this guy's in marketing too. Are there two marketing guys talking about hiring and people in the manufacturing space? But you recently did a big study and maybe I'll let you just kind of talk about the, well, just the study and kind of the idea behind it. And then we'll get it maybe into some of the findings. Yeah, absolutely. And we barely scratched the surface on Joe's podcast. And that was a lot of fun. And I was thrilled to join you here. So as you mentioned, we're, we help out manufacturers. And over time, we've been noticing that there's been one problem that manufacturers have been having that has been relentless and, and they're struggling a lot on. And I started asking manufacturers like what they're doing to solve it. So what the problem is, is, and the reason why we're on the Manufacturing Employer podcast is because, as they know already, is employment and recruitment has been very challenging. They're having a very difficult time finding people to do the work. And I've had a lot of conversations with manufacturers that we've been working in this industry for a long time. And I started asking very basic questions of, are you doing this technique? Are you doing that? Are you doing some very basic stuff? And we found that a lot of the people we were talking to just didn't even know the most basic stuff that you could be doing to help attract talent. So that led us down a path. We did some work to help educate manufacturers on that. So we decided to do a whole initiative, this survey, which is to help educate the public actually on what opportunities exist within manufacturing. And the idea is basically, instead of just going to manufacturers and telling them what things they could be doing, we wanted to take the initiative and say, okay, we know that manufacturers have incredible opportunities. We know they have incredible benefits and, and salaries and so forth. But does the public know this? And there's a very, very strong indication that, that the public does not know it. So we surveyed manufacturers throughout the United States and came up with lots of results about what manufacturing opportunities exist. 
We also looked at what kind of recruiting techniques they're using. This generated two main studies and and infographics, which uh, we'll get into. But the data is very fascinating. On one side, we made two graphics because on one side, we're speaking to the public and to the job seeker saying, hey, check out manufacturing. What's fascinating about that is that the manufacturers didn't find that very illuminating because it's all stuff they know. They know those opportunities exist. They know these things are here, right? But the public doesn't. So that person in high school that doesn't want to go to a four-year school that is looking for a job, that person that's switching careers and is working in the tech industry, but wants to get their hands busy and and they want a better opportunity, they don't know that these things exist. So we designed that survey for them. The other side, which we'll get into a little bit, is the recruitment side. So we released a second infographic study talking about what manufacturers can be doing and what other manufacturers are doing to help that bring awareness, help recruitment, help attract people to their companies. And that they found, manufacturers found fascinating because here's all this data saying what other companies are doing and and what they could be doing and what opportunities exist on their side to attract. So it was it's like a two-sided, two-faced initiative, which really led to some really great results. It's fascinating. To me, this is just a topic that's so interesting. And again, coming from a, a marketing background where I'll look and I'll see a company website and let's say it has a 189 pages. And if someone's lucky, maybe one of those pages is dedicated towards what it's like to work there and, and educating on that side of things. So I think it's so interesting that this topic in general, I think I'm excited to just learn more about your findings. But I, I think this is something that's so needed because it's like, we'll put all this effort into trying to find new business. But then when it comes to like having the people and like attracting the, like that side of things, it's an afterthought a lot of times. So Without a doubt. And you touched on something which is sounds so basic and obvious is having a careers page on your website. Many manufacturers have some kind of jobs page or careers page, but most of them just say like, here's a couple opportunities and that's it. And it's a missed opportunity where they could be potentially talking about the benefits, the culture, talking about how exciting it is there, talking about their core values, and basically making it a more attractive sell to the person that they're trying to look to hire. But that's just the beginning of it. I mean, that's just one page, like you said. You can, the entire brand, the entire website, yes, most companies consider it to be outward facing and sales generating. But that website and that brand also talks to the employee and convinces them whether or not they want to work at that place. So we've had conversations about this a lot. Yeah. And I mean, I, I I hear it all the time when I'm interviewing someone. I'm always impressed at the depth that people go when they're when they're researching a company and and especially the candidates, like the kind of people you you want to hire are the ones who are often doing that that research and digging in and and they'll cite something that was maybe you know buried somewhere on the site and I'm like wow they they did their homework so I I totally agree every page on the site is an opportunity to just make your brand more appealing in general absolutely you know you have these manufacturers that are some of them are 30 years old but a lot of them are like 80 100 200 years old and unfortunately a lot of them stopped worrying about their branding and marketing back in the 70s or 90s or whatever, and they look outdated, right? So you have this employee that's looking for a job. They're looking at five different companies, 10 different companies, whatever they're applying. And they look at it and they say, I don't want to work there because it's outdated. 
It looks gross. It They look like they're dying. And they have the same perception issues that your sales does is that you want to make sure that that person looks at it and says, this is the future. This is exciting. This looks like a great place to work. And that branding and website does a huge job in that factor. What kind of, from the manufacturer's standpoint, you know, if somebody that works in HR is listening to this or someone representing the company, what kind of findings did you find that that you found interesting or maybe surprising or what kind of numbers out there are kind of worth talking about for that HR suite? Absolutely. I think that's a important fact to get into, right? So like I said, they might actually, like in the first numbers, right, uh, from the job seeker perspective might not be that shocking to them, but from a job seeker perspective, it is, right? So we found that 93% of manufacturers are reporting growth, right? I mean, that's huge, right? So, and out of that, 35% are steady growth and 12 are rapid growth. And you don't see that like in any other industry right now. So like a manufacturer might not think that that's too shocking, but anybody else sees that and they're like, wow, this is, I remember when the internet was exploding, people were jumping ship all over the place and going back to school to learn computer programming because they're like, this is the next gold mine rush, you know? And I'm like, well, here you have like not a gold mine rush. This is a steady, consistent career. And yet 93% are reporting growth, right? 91% of manufacturers reported having job openings. That's in just a huge number, right? I mean, 16% of that reported 20 plus job openings. Yeah, I mean, that, that's almost like one out of six companies. That's amazing. And it was a huge numbers that we were seeing. And then these are, again, things that the manufacturers know is that like a lot of manufacturing jobs, especially the entry-level positions, don't require even a high school diploma or they only require a high school diploma. We found that 80% of manufacturers require a high school diploma or less. And then 27 don't require any diploma or degree at all. So you have the, it hits on so many levels, right? So it, has, it hits on the openings, but it hits on the fact that these people don't even have to go to college and spend all this money on school. They can get a great degree. And then you translate that into salary and it's insane. Um, they 31% of manufacturers report a starting salary, a starting salary for like an entry-level position at 46,000 or more. And some reported as high as 76,000 to 100,000 for an entry-level position. I mean, you don't have to go to college. <laughs> There's tons of openings and they're going to pay a big salary. I mean, it's, it doesn't make any sense to me, but that's because there's some desperation here. They're trying to train these people to replace older generations that are moving on. So it's it's there. It's open right now. Some of those numbers, it's not every single company, but it's out there. It's it's open. And they're offering big benefits too. So we, you know, we we listed that on our infographic and stuff like that. But I mean, so many companies barely even provide medical insurance anymore. And yet manufacturing, we have a list here of what is this? This is like upwards of 20 different benefits that they're offering people, including training and child care reimbursement and incentives and stuff like that. So that side of it was just like, we got to get this out to the world. We got to get this in the hands of job seekers. And we tried, we connected with tons of influencers, got the word out that way. We, we ran in 150 publications and people were excited to hear about it. So I'm hoping the message resonates. You know? Oh, I'm sure. Well, and and obviously at the end, we'll we'll make sure we talk about like how people can get a hold of you. And especially if they want, I'm assuming this is something you're you're willing to share with anyone who reaches out because I I think it's just helpful 
Paula, you must be a designer because it's it's always helpful to see information like this compiled in a very nice and clean format. So it, it helps, right? Like there's the just somebody speaking about this stuff, but we wanted the credibility of saying this is not us saying this. This is literally surveying manufacturers. And then not only that, but we're putting it in these little bite size chunks that that you can kind of digest really well and and be able to and somebody can relate to very quickly you know so we're hoping that it we wanted to do something to help these manufacturers and do our part to kind of give back to the industry that's been good to us so and to also help out society right like how many people are when we started doing this it was right when the technology industry was having massive layoffs and we're like, this is crazy, right? Because my my company focuses on two industries, manufacturing and technology. And on the technology side, they were having huge layoffs, but they're really good with recruitment. Technology has no problem with recruitment because they're really good at it. But it, we, me and you talked about this, is that technology is not that much more exciting than manufacturing. They just know how to position themselves. They know how to brand themselves and they know how to sell it where manufacturing hasn't kept up with that. But manufacturing has some very exciting job offerings in there. So they shouldn't have any problem with it. So to see that juxtaposition of of technology and manufacturing, we were like, we have to get out and, and spread this word. Yeah, I love it. And I think immediately it just starts making me, my brain go and, you know, I start thinking about like, where is their opportunity here? Like if you're, if you're a, let's say an internal HR person and, and you've got, you're getting a little marketing budget, I guess, like, I don't know, what would you do with some of this data? What, I guess, what opportunities do you see for them to kind of improve here? Yeah. I almost put it into like a basic level and then a more like next level advanced type of thing. Because a lot of these companies, as I mentioned earlier, just don't even have the basic stuff. So make sure that you're kind of got that stuff down. We actually put together kind of like a, a one sheet that just kind of educates and lays out like basic and next level. And some of those things are like we talked about earlier, like make sure there's a careers page on your website and don't just list the jobs, but really kind of explain the culture and the benefits and all that stuff. We got into that earlier. The job description that you put out into, say you're posting on Indeed or whatever job sites that you want to do. Don't just throw it up as a job and assume that people know this stuff. You should explain a little bit about those benefits and culture and and the company and, and the excitement of the job and treat it like you're trying to get a, a customer. Like you wouldn't you wouldn't just throw up stuff and say like, oh buy my stuff. Like you would position it and, and have it in the right language and right message and so forth. So treat it the same kind of way, you know, optimize your profiles on social media, especially LinkedIn, Glassdoor. A lot of people don't even think about that where a lot of employers. It blows my mind. It'll kill me. I'll, I'll see a company and they'll have, you know, they'll have a workforce of four or 500 people. You get on their Glassdoor and there's three reviews two of which are negative, one of which is really positive. But, you know, because of that, they've got a score of like two. And it's like, man, you're missing such an easy opportunity here to just ask people or you're not asking for them to write a certain kind of review, but just saying, hey, would you consider writing a review for us? Like sometimes the ask is all it takes. And those two negative reviews, just uh, think of it as like e-commerce shopping, right? You go to buy that new whatever at your home, 
you see a couple bad reviews, you're like, nah, I'm not going to take that chance, right? That employee is looking at that going, I don't know, that's two bad reviews on there. I'm not going to, I'm not going to apply for that job, you know? So chances uh, are, it's probably a really great place to work. And most people are really happy. And that's why they're not, you know, I, I feel like most people write reviews whenever they're that's right. more on the bothered side. So it's just like, take the proactive approach. Absolutely. And I've met some companies in the tech space that, again, they they seem to get this better. And what they'll do is they'll they'll actually have it as part of their employee plan, where like after a certain amount of months, they basically inquire with their that employee and find out if they can write a review and so forth. Or if you have a employee that's moving on, that's a happy thing, right? Maybe they're going to raise a family or maybe they they are retiring or whatever like get them to write the review because they're they've been having a happy experience it should not wait as you mentioned most people that write reviews are going to write bad reviews because they they have a different motivation so it's up to you to to kind of encourage the good reviews as well but even social media like if you're expecting to hire younger employees they might not be on all platforms but think about where they're at and you could be posting there you could be even if you're not posting to them, just showing pictures of the company and like doing your company picnic and doing just take a few pictures of people like working on awesome stuff like sparks flying or or robotics and like really cool engineering. And all of a sudden, like those young people are like, I want to work there. That looks awesome. You know, so like it's very basic stuff that way. Next level stuff, you know. You start talking about doing career fairs, you do, you know, uh, but when you do that, think about it as like a trade show. So you're setting up like booths and stuff like that. You can be doing social media advertising and blog writing, and you know, you can have postcards and brochures. One thing I had just talked about the other day was we have a manufacturer that worked with us and he goes, I need a postcard right away. And I was like, okay, what's it for? He goes, there's a, and I thought this was really interesting. There was a manufacturer, or there was another plant that closed and everybody was getting laid off. And he's like, I want postcards and I'm going to put them in every car in their parking lot to say, come work for us, you know, kind of thing. And it worked, you know, and he's like, they were thrilled with it. They ordered more postcards, but then they also use those postcards at trade shows. They use them at other things where they can hand them out at job fairs and stuff like that. So little things like that, that people even just a little piece that kind of gives a little window into the professionalism and the excitement of that job will stand out compared to most companies that don't do anything. And that's part of it too, right? So like a lot of manufacturers are pointing to this whole big problem. They're like, oh, we have to educate the youth and all that stuff. Like, yes, I agree. But that's long-term. In the short term, you're kind of just competing like you would with your regular competitors but for now for employees. So sometimes it's just a matter of being a little bit more interesting and exciting than that other job. And you're getting that employee instead of them. So I know a lot of manufacturers that don't have any problems getting employees because they know how to market themselves correctly. You know, To another topic that obviously is like super, not even topic, but just a practice I think that's super important is the idea of bringing diverse ideas into a company and, and diverse ideas often come from diverse backgrounds. So anything you're seeing or hearing that manufacturers are doing to, I think that's something we're all striving to do as business owners, anything you're seeing manufacturers do, you know, in terms of just a more diverse workforce. So the second survey we did was based on manufacturing recruitment tactics and what they're doing and what they're not doing. It wasn't as uplifting because here is the opposite side of like, oh, these are the things you're not doing, right? And one of those things that was really disappointing was 
how little manufacturers were approaching a diverse workforce. What I like about it is that it's a massive opportunity. Like they're just not thinking about it. I don't think that they're doing it intentionally, right? So like we did find that like 61% of manufacturers incorporate specific strategies to recruit a more diverse workforce. You would hope that would be like in the 90s to 100%, but 61's okay, right? But the ones that were, were really interesting. And some are really proactive where they're going out to very specific schools and offering training. They're maintaining affirmative action and equal opportunity plans and stuff like that. But other things were interesting where they were, maybe they offer childcare and maybe that helps get um, a better gender equality there. And, and maybe there's some green initiatives that get certain people in and some people embrace, you know, women in trade initiatives and different things like that. So that's an area that I'm like, what an opportunity to grow because if they just put a little more effort into marketing towards a diverse workforce, I think they could open up such a door into more people. And I honestly think it's a major problem with their identity because reputation-wise, manufacturers, people kind of associate them with an older white male <laughs> you know, group. And they're not, they're not wrong. But then you talk to these manufacturers and like, we don't want to be that way. We're just kind of stuck in that. Well, they have to do it. They have to do better about pushing out of that and marketing out of that. And part of that's using the right photography, the right messaging, the right outreach, all that stuff. And, and, and where you go to focus on that stuff. And it's not something you could just say, you have to take action, actually move towards those things in order for it to work. You know, makes total sense. There's just so much data. And I, I think it's also, I, I want to make sure we mention there's also, and correct me if I'm wrong, a lot of the data is it's related, but there's also a infographic that you all designed for the people looking for the for the jobs, correct? Right. Yeah. So, and both of those infographics, they're both packed with stuff and they're both available. Yeah. How can, how can people get them, you know, if they want to, and learn more about kind of what you guys are doing at Aviate to like, tackle this this problem i guess how can they learn more about all this both of those are posted to our blog on our website but if they reached out to me i can certainly send them and then we plaster them all over our social media so you can probably find them on there as well one other thing that i i find interesting that a lot of people don't think about too is we're talking a lot about recruitment but the other side of it is retainment or retaining employees and if you retain employees, you don't have to go hire more employees, right? And they're a lot more affordable. They're they're happier, you know, all that stuff. So a lot of these plans and stuff also works the same way, right? Where if an employee feels like they're being taken care of with the right benefits, but if they're also working at a company that feels like it's moving towards the future and, and staying up to date and is still exciting and they feel like they're part of that, all of that branding, all that marketing, all of that benefits and stuff all help to retain employees just as much as they do to attract employees. Yeah, I always, I always kind of think of it as it's kind of a three-prong approach in the sense that like you've got to attract the right people. Then you have to put them through an interviewing and hiring experience that that converts them essentially, that, that gets them on the team. And then you got to keep them. And if any of those are weak, you're going to be struggling, I think. So it's it, you have to be very intentional with it. And we, we've learned that the hard way at Gorilla. Um, I think we're doing a good job of it now. I think it can, of course, be better. But the cost of turnover is brutal. And, and I don't think anyone's going to be surprised that would be listening to this to, to hear that. I think we all know at this point. But I, I don't know that we always do everything we can to avoid it. So Yeah, yeah. And I'm not, an, I'm, you know, I, 
and we're talking a lot about HR and recruitment. I'm not an HR professional. I'm a I'm a marketing company. Let's not let's not pretend I'm something else. But sometimes I I talk to a manufacturer and they're having all this problem. And then you talk to them and you find out that the salary they're offering is lower than what you can get at McDonald's. And you're like, okay, <laughs> like what are you pretending to be here? You know, see, there is a reality that you do need to offer the right level competitive salary, all that stuff. And I saw a quote the other day, which I like online, which is basic ideas that an employee might go and say, I need a raise. And they say, well, you're at the top of the salary mark and it's only a 10% raise or something like that. And then that person quits. Well, now they have to hire somebody and now they're paying 40% to try and recruit and hire a new person and pay them the same salary that the other person was leaving to get. So sometimes that retaining an employee is, is significantly more effective and more cost effective and could not agree more. Company better, yeah. So could not agree more. Yeah. But that's less in my expertise, <laughs> but definitely a perspective that that needs to be spoken of. But from my perspective and my my expertise is the branding and the messaging and and the website and so forth to make sure that you're getting that right message and that right perception out. And I think it it makes a huge, huge difference how that's perceived and how that employee makes that ultimate decision to yeah. to work there. Well, it's all fascinating to me. Anything we didn't cover that you wanted to, to kind of speak to in, in terms of any of your findings or, you know, any of your kind of philosophies or, or thoughts on any of this? We didn't dive too deep into some of the struggling stuff that manufacturers are having. But when we look at that, that was pretty interesting. So based on kind of like a scale, the biggest challenges they were having is 70% of them said that it was lack of appeal to younger generations. After that, 57% said it was perception of manufacturing jobs. After that, it was 48% said it was not enough skilled workers. And then 44% was competition with other manufacturers. 36 difficulty reaching out to talent and so on. So, but if you hear that... <laughs> It literally lines up with what we were just talking about, appealing to younger generations, perception of manufacturing, and then competition with other manufacturers. All three of those things is perception-based and appeal, which is branding and marketing. And so to me, I'm like, what a difference just approaching that stuff can make. And it's not that complicated. So to me, that's very exciting. The fact that we see it on the technology side successfully work for years and years and years now just tells the whole thing to me. And I think it's just a matter of opening the eyes of the manufacturing industry and, and making sure that they're aware of all this stuff. And they're not competing against each other. They're mostly pulling from other industries and just saying like, hey, we're here. You know, It's so true. I mean, three of the biggest problems, so to speak, could be solved with the help of marketing, which is which is pretty, pretty fascinating. Very cool. Well, Paul, thanks so much for spending some time with us today. How can our listeners get in touch with you, you know, if they want to kind of maybe pick your brain a bit more about this, explore what you guys are doing at Aviate, what's the best way for them to get a, get a hold of you? Yeah, so first off, it's been an absolute pleasure. You know, I've really enjoyed it. They can definitely go to our website, Aviate Creative. So it's like Aviate Aviator, aviatecreative.com. Anywhere on social media, if they looked up Aviate Creative, they'll find us. Or if you just search that. They can email me. They can reach out through social media, however they want to do. It's good, but we'd love to help where we can spread this word and, and bring awareness. And hopefully all together, we can help this. Because ultimately, what's beautiful is that when you help the manufacturing industry, it's helping 
America and helping the jobless. And, you know, it's just a real, it's like a win-win in all cases. So we're thrilled to be part of it. Oh, and by the way, it's like every single thing that is in our lives somehow has likely been affected by manufacturing. I mean, even even the food we eat or the, there's got to be a farm implement that, that was made, a tractor that was made to plant the seeds that, I mean, everything we have in our lives it yep. ties Look back around to everything machinist. everything that's man-made or, or grown or anything like that is somehow part of manufacturing so i mentioned something like that to somebody the other day and and they were like not only that but that chair that you're sitting in is manufactured but the bolts and the metal and yeah the plastic i mean and literally the, everything like, <laughs> and it's like every little piece of everything is manufactured separately like i i once worked with a company that makes bolts and all they do is make one size one type of bolt and i'm like oh my god this breaks down into such a finite little thing you know what a crazy thing that's amazing but yeah absolutely and it's all you know so much of it's coming back to america which is beautiful so i know it's exciting good time to be it's an exciting time in, in manufacturing it seems so well thank you so much for spending some time with us great time And to our listeners, thanks for tuning in. I'll catch you on the next episode of The Manufacturing Employer. You've been listening to The Manufacturing Employer podcast. To ensure you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. If you'd like to learn more about our approach to industrial marketing and the role that company culture has in moving manufacturing forward, visit Gorilla76.com.